Isn't our God majestic? Yes. Amen. He is a majestic God. Thank you, Brother Corey, so much. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, you know, this morning we were talking about, uh, the. we looked at three things out of the Word of God. We looked at how you and I are to follow the model in love and follow the model in sacrifice and then follow the model in light. And uh, that last part uh, was setting the foundation for what I believe the Holy Spirit wants us to look at tonight. And and so uh, tonight the, the Holy Spirit wants to ask us some questions just to kind of where we can locate ourselves in Him, you know. And so uh, what we're going to find out tonight is what kind of light we are, where we're destined to shine, and with what intensity. Because when you and I realize what the source is of uh, our ability to shine, there is no limitation. And so we're going to look at some things in the Word of God that will help us. But I I, want to just uh, lay some things out so we can see how important that each one of us has a role in this. And so uh, I was right over there and the Spirit of God just spoke this into my heart. Uh, um, He said uh, there was a family that was set back in the uh, early 1900s and they they were in a very rural area. And this mom and dad, they'd raised uh, these, they had 12 children and they'd raised these 12 children to be very self-sufficient in and from the world. But, because they trusted in the Lord, they knew how to do things. They knew how to how to take care of uh, uh, themselves. They knew how to work together. And, and and as he was speaking this to me, he was showing me how that's what the body of Christ is supposed to do. You and I were to uh, focus on Jesus, be self-sufficient from the world, but yet be able to work together to bring his will into the world. Amen. And so he said it, it's like this. The, the mom and the dad, they they gave the children one job to do. One job, uh, but each child's job had to do with being able to uh, bring light to that family. In other words, uh, one child's job was uh, was to make sure that they had kerosene, coal oil. One's, jo- one's job was to make sure that they had uh, plenty of uh, wick. Another child's job was to make sure that they that they had uh, the lantern uh, had all the lanterns set up. Another one to make sure all the lanterns were full and, and all of these things. And, and one simple job, the little one, was to make sure that they kept the matches dry and kept them in a place where they could quickly get them. And see, everybody can be in their place and everybody can be doing their job. But if one person misses out, that's a hindrance to everything that God wants to do. And, and so you, you've got to realize, I've got to realize how important it is that we work together intimately. And we and, and we don't let the devil uh, uh, try to make us think that we're not as important as someone else because you're vital. Uh, G- God has called us together and each one uh, in perfect operation by the spirit can make light shine. I want to make light shine, don't you? That's right. Yes, sir, Brother Donnie, for sure. So um, open up your Bibles to James chapter one. But while you're doing that, Sister Victoria is going to put... John 9 and 5 on the screen. Jesus makes this amazing statement in John 9 and 5. We usually talk about John 8 and 12. But John 9 and 5, Jesus said, As long as I am in the world, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, uh, we know where Jesus is at tonight. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father. We've got scripture after scripture. So how is Jesus in the world tonight? Through us. So uh, if there's going to be a light in the world tonight, and there is, then it's going to have to come through his church. And you and I are going to have to be in that place, in that position where we say, Lord, I know that you're providing the fuel. You're going to provide the spark. You're going to provide the candlestick. You're going to provide everything that is needed. And I'm just going to make sure I'm in my place. I've got in my hand, I've got at my disposal what you've inspired me to pick up. Amen. And when you and I pick up those things of the Lord, amazing things start happening. Isn't that exciting? Uh, 
I'm going to read a text in just a second, but I want to read this to you. I want you to see the glory of Jesus. In Revelation chapter 1, uh, and starting in verse 12, John, uh, the beloved, says, And I turned to see a voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, uh, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. Now notice this description. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as flame of fire. Verse 15. And his feet like into fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice is the sound of many waters. You're his body in the earth. You can shine light in the dark places, amen? John the Beloved is seeing a description of Jesus. Yes, that's literally Jesus, but you and I are His many-membered body, and we need to be in that place where we understand we can bring white light, pure light to those who are in need, amen? All right, James chapter 1. I want to read one verse of Scripture just so you can get something in your, in your heart tonight. Let's read verse 17. This will be our text. James chapter 1, verse 17. If you're there, say amen. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights. Mark that down in your mind's eye. Highlight it in your Bible app or in your Bible. Uh, Cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. These are two different kind of gifts. You need to study this out. We don't have time in this study. But every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Brother Larry, would you pray? Yes. Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother Larry. Thank you for being here once again. Thank you for honoring the word. Uh, so you say it may seem kind of strange. Why did we pick out this 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 verse for our text? Uh, is because as, as I was meditating on this, and the and the Holy Spirit brought it back to my heart. You and I, we need to to go back and we need to think about. Uh, what, what, how the, everybody used to use a sundial and use a sundial to tell what time it was. And you, and you, you set that up and you, uh, by the summer solstice, the winter solstice, you set it up by what? By how the shadow, uh, comes off of that sundial. You could tell where you're at in time. All right. Well, now, so let's think about this. You and I, we see the world is turning more and more away from the word of God. They're turning more and more away from Jesus. And as they're turning more and more away from that, there is a greater shadow in their life. In other words, the darkness that is in them is gaining momentum. It's getting stronger. It's getting uh, bigger. It's getting more deceptive and all of those things. But you and I, as blood-bought, blood-washed believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're looking into the face of God by the Spirit because we have that ability to come to the throne of grace. And we're looking right into that throne room. And so with you and I, we're doing what Jesus said. He said, when you see all these signs coming upon the earth, he said, look up, look up because your redemption draweth nigh. We know who we're looking at. We're looking at the father of lights. Amen. And as we're looking at him, we're in a place like the summer sun. When when you're in the in the middle of summer and and the sun is at its peak and it's shining straight down, there's no shadows. So in your life, in my life, uh, it doesn't matter how dark, how tilted, how crooked, how perverse the world gets. You and I were in Jesus and we're looking straight up to the father. We're holding him at that perfect place, that perfect pitch. And because we're keeping him in proper perspective and we're in uh, in that same perspective, there's no shadow in our lives. 
There, there's only light, 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 light that rebukes darkness. Come on. Don't you love it? You know, you, when you, 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 you walk into a dark room, you don't have to, to cast out darkness. All you got to do is turn on the light. Well, when you and I get into dark situations, we've got the light in us. We've got the father of lights. And so notice that word lights is plural because he's talking about you and you and you and you all of God's children. That, that, that's who, who he's talking about. He is the father of light. So what we've got to get down in our heart is the reality that as long as I keep Jesus in the proper perspective, as long as I'm looking at him, my face, your face is going to shine. I believe that, don't you? So let, let's look at some things. We're just going to look at a few things tonight, but go with me to Acts chapter 6. Now, Acts chapter 7 is the greatest chapter in the Bible. If you want to have a, a history lesson out of the Bible, all you've got to do is just just read Acts chapter 7. And Stephen make, brings forth the greatest uh, synopsis of the Bible. And, and, and you can get so much truth out of that 7th chapter. But in the 6th chapter, I want you to see one thing about Stephen. He was the person full of faith. He was full of the Holy Spirit. But uh, they don't like his message. See, because he shines light. And tonight, when you and I come into a dark situation and you shine light, some people are not going to like it. They're not. And they're going to what? They're going to stand against what you believe in. They're going to stand against who you stand for because that's Jesus. But I want you to just look at, at the last verse of chapter 6 in the book of Acts and look what it says uh, uh, about Stephen. It said, and they all sit in the council. In other words, they've delivered him up to judgment. Uh, and, and Jesus warned us about that in the last days. You remember, uh, this is a type and a shadow of that. And all that sit in the council, looking steadfastly on him, looking on, on Stephen, they saw his face as it had been the face of what? An angel. Because Stephen, he knows who he's looking to. Uh, he's looking into the open heaven. He's looking into the face of Jesus. And because he's looking into a face of Jesus, truth, he's looking into that father of lights where there's no shadow of turning. And he's seeing all the turning. He's seeing all the perversion. He's seeing all the twisting of everything around him, but it's not affecting him. He's looking to God and he's letting the truth of God through Jesus by the spirit shine out of his face. And it's bringing conviction on these people's lives, but they don't want to be changed. They don't want anything to do with that. And so he's in a place in a situation where everything's fixing to come undone. But if you notice, it says uh, drop in the seventh chapter, drop down and uh, in verse 54, Acts 7 and 54. And when they heard these things, in other words, they heard this great synopsis of truth out of the word of God. When they heard these things, they were cut to their heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. They bit. Stephen, because they could not stand the truth. Now, what does the Bible, what does Jesus tell us? He said, if you get cast in the outer and darkness, not just darkness, they shall be, say it, Sister Michelle, gnashing of teeth, they're already in darkness. They're already in darkness and they don't know it. And they just got the greatest gospel message preached to them. And they reject that and they start gnawing on him because their whole life is being consumed by darkness. Now, we look at this and we say, well, that's a, that's a sad story. Hey, this is a sad truth of what people are going through tonight in this world. There are people who are gnawing on themselves because of the pain of their heart, because of the darkness that's in their life, because of the separation from God. And you and I, we've got to say, Lord God, I'm the light. You said I was, not because I say I am, but you said I was. Where do I need to shine? Where's somebody that's cold? I need to warm up. Where's somebody that can't see that I need to be a light to guide them out of where they're at and take them to where you'd have them to be. Amen. I want to be that person. Look what it says. But he, but Stephen being full of the Holy Ghost, looking up, he looked up steadfastly into heaven. Keep your eyes on Jesus tonight. I, I, it's all right to kind of see what's going on. I mean, we're supposed to check the signs of the times, but after you check the signs of the times, put that down and put your heart, your eyes back on Jesus. Amen. Don't let anything take this word away from you. This is the most important thing. But he being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven. What did he see? He saw the glory of God. He saw the father of lights. 
He saw Jesus. Come on, the glory of God is Jesus. And he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Verse 56. And said, Behold, I see the heavens open. Do you see the heavens open tonight? Come on. We've got to see that Jesus is that open door. Everything that heaven has to offer, every good and every perfect gift that comes down from the Father above, where there's no shadow of turning, it's available because Jesus is the open door. But people don't know where to go. Come on, we're coming into the season of Thanksgiving. We're coming into the time of Christmas. And there's going to be many gifts given. The best gift you and I can give somebody is the opportunity for truth. Hallelujah. And so uh, it's so important that we, we, we figure out what God would have us to do and, 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 and uh, touch them in body and then touch them in the spirit. Amen. And uh, do what the Lord would have us to do because there's people out there that are hurting. They need something this season. They need a chance for truth. And, and the only way it can be is if we show them that heaven's open. It's open. There's an open door to that. And behold, I see, look what he saw. And I, I, behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man, he's just like we, John was talking about him there in Revelation 1, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Now, why is that so important? See, you and I have got to preach Jesus and Him crucified, Him resurrected, and on the right hand of the Father because that's the answer. That's the defeat of all sin. Jesus on the right hand of the Father means that every work of the priesthood was accomplished. That there's a sacrifice. And that sacrifice is available to wash away your sins. To make your spirit brand new, born again in the Word of God. Amen? That's the light that needs to be shined. And so Stephen here, he's in that place, in that situation. And there's persecution all around him, but he doesn't pay any mind to the persecution. The persecution doesn't change his love level. God help me. Come on, problems changes my love level. Persecution make me, makes me evaluate and shows me where I'm really at. Well, I want to be closer to Jesus, amen? Because I want my love level to be in line with the Father of lights. I don't want there to be any shadow of turning. See, you and I, Jesus likened our life as someone who was building a house, amen? And so in your house, you've got many rooms. Come on. And so uh, I dare say that you don't keep every light. You're not, not like... Uh, Every light in the house is on, whatever his name, Trace Atkins. You're not like that. You've got one light and probably on in the room that you're in. All right. Well, it, that's the way it is in the Word of God. When you and I, when we're studying the Word of God, he flips the light on in a different, different room in our heart. And, and he brings a truth to us. He brings an understanding. And so that's what we've got to do. We, we've got to get in that place, in that position where we turn the light on. We, we, we take in that Word. The in, Psalms 119. 130 says the entrance of God's word gives light. So we've got to take this word into our heart. What was you telling me about Sister Esther? She she got up during the night and she was disoriented. Well, she got up the bathroom. They don't have any lights on. Bathroom. Right. And she's trying to find her way back out. There's a lot of people tonight. They thought they were going one place and they ended up in another place. And they're trying to find their way out. You and I got to shine the light. We've got to shine the light where they can find their way. They can come out of those situations. All right. So go with me to Philippians, the book of Philippians, uh, chapter 2. And let's, let, let's see how we can make sure that our light is shining into a crooked world, a perverse generation. And uh, let's see how we can make our light brighter. And, and, and let's see that, that we can point our light to where God would have it to. Amen. All right. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. Let's read starting in verse number 12. Philippians 2 and 12. Now stay with me. I'm not going to keep you long. Wherefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, uh, you know, Brother Corey's led us in that and, and he uh, testified about it earlier. We know that you and I, that we're saved nothing of ourselves. We're saved because of God's grace and our faith in that. So when he says to work out your 
your own salvation. What he's saying is you and I need to learn how to apply our salvation to every area of our life. Uh, in other words, uh, there's a, certain areas in my life that salvation, oh, it's alive and well, it's thriving. And then there's other areas in my life that it's uh, it's struggling. I mean, you know, you know, and then there's other areas where the it's 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 like a hot, dry garden, and and that plant's just trying to push through, break through the soil. Amen. And, but so I need to learn how to take this word by the unction of the Holy Spirit and apply that that, that I have salvation in every area of my life. And this word salvation, uh, soterra, it, it means deliverance. It means victory. It means prosperity. You know, in every area of my life. In other words, I'm supposed to be moving forward in my life. In other words, tomorrow, if the Lord tarries and I still, I'm still breathing, is going to be better than today spiritually. Amen. And that's what I want, don't you? I, I want, I want to excel. I want to draw closer to Jesus. But he said that I had to what? I had to work out that in my own life. And, and so if I'm going to be the light that the Lord would have me to be, then I can't just settle. I can't stay where I'm at. I've got to realize that the more word that get, comes in me, the brighter my light's going to be. And not only that, but the more the word comes in me, the more the spectrum of my light is going to change. See, uh, there, you know, and I'm not talking about anything, but you, you, if you've got one church or one ministry and all they preach is salvation, praise God. They get people saved. That's very important. But in other words, their their light is just shining in one spectrum, and thank God for that. But you and I, we want to we want to not just preach salvation, but we want to preach the full gospel, the full message that God would have us to preach, where we can shine on the full spectrum of light. Amen. Uh, and, and and not hinder God. But thank God, everybody needs to be saved. I'm not saying that, but let's do more than just get them saved. Let's disciple them. Jesus said, "Go and make what." disciples and so it makes little Jesus is in the world and so the only way we can do that is to show the fullness of what John saw uh, in that book of Revelation chapter 1 and so I, if I'm going to really teach somebody about the light of Jesus I've got to get in the word first and let the light shine in me because if I'm not careful I'll just tell you about the Jesus I know well the Jesus I know is limited but the Jesus that's truth is not really, he's not limited in any way because he has all power and all authority. Amen. But I've got to meet him that way. You've, you've got to meet him that way. All right. Look what he said. In, uh, we were supposed to do that in, in fear and trembling with great reverence. And this word trembling is what you would use for an earthquake. In, in other words, we need to realize that what we're handling is so amazing. The Bible says we're handling God's Son. This can touch God's Son. Oh my. And God's Son will touch this. Where I don't have to stay like this. Come on, that's the light. That's what people have got to know. They've got to see that God will reach down to where they're at and, and what they're dealing with and what all of these things, the real things of life. He'll meet them there and he'll what? He'll pull them up into a better place. So we do that with fear and trembling. We recognize that we need to be quaking at the things of God. And, and you know, an earthquake, it brings out new things, hidden things. There's, so what the devil means for harm, God can turn from good. There's some good things that, that God wants to bring out of us. Verse 13. Now mark this verse down in your heart. For it is God which worketh in you. And this word worketh, it means to be active, effective, and operational. God is active in my life. He's active in your life. He's very effective. In other words, He's the most energy efficient God there we can ever imagine. But he's so operational. He, in other words, he knows how to operate in my life to tweak me, to tweak you to where we can shine the brightest. Uh, well, I could, yeah. Okay. Um, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. See, how many times has, have you heard the devil say, you don't know what God's will is? Maybe y'all don't. The devil tells me that 999 million times a day. What, 
That's a lie. Because God's in me, God's in you. He said it would, it, he's working in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. Amen. So I can please, as we looked at this morning, you and I can be well pleasing to God. Uh, we can please the Lord. And, and so everything else is of the devil is a lie. Amen. And so God's working in you. He's uh, The Bible says that you are complete. I am complete in Christ Jesus because this work is there. And so uh, you have nothing that you're lacking to be able to shine a light into a lost world, into a lost heart, into a dark situation, because you and I, we're not getting our eyes on this uh, on the situation. We're keeping it on the father of lights. Amen. We're the, the, the light is coming straight down. The sundial is in the top part of the summer solstice. Amen. We can do what God would have us to do. Now, look what he says here. This is so encouraging. Uh, he said, for it is God. I, I got to get that in my heart. It is God that's, that, that's enabling me to walk. It's God that's enabling me to talk. It's God that's enabling me to witness. It's God that's enabling me to testify. It's God enabling me to live my life for his good pleasure. There's no pressure on you, no pressure on me. The pressure is on God to perform his word. And he told Jeremiah, he said, I will hasten to perform my word. So we just need to lay back and just rest in that reality and just let God be God. Let him do what only he can do. Amen. All right. Now, here's where we're going to see. Uh, say this statement with me. My wine will limit my shine. He's fixing to tell us that. Verse 14, he said, do some things that you like. Can I change that? But I don't like all things. Y'all ever get into struggle with yourself? And see, there are things I don't care to do. And things I can make myself do. And then there's other things that I hate to do. And God, if you want it done, you're going to have to just help me along. <laughs> we can let the word change us, can't we? Amen. All right. So he said, do all things without Murmurings, and this murmurings is uh, is grumbling. Now, the, the Holy Spirit woke me up on Tuesday morning, and I and I spent a couple hours uh, dealing with this verse, and then uh, then he brought Donna, Sister Donna, in there, and, and we uh, we had just one of the greatest Bible studies we've ever had together, breaking down. Uh, the thought of, of of what grumbling and murmuring does, and I hope we get to talk about that in the future. Um, but this this grumbling here, it, it this whining, it will limit our shining. Amen. So we got to be in that place where we recognize uh, what the devil wants to do. He wants us to be in the place where, okay, if God asks me to do something. If God asked you to do something, and He is, and He will continually be doing that because He is the Lord and we're His His children, we're His serving children, we've got to see that if I grumble about it, that's disobedience. Disobedience is the way of transgressor, and the way of a transgressor is hard. So... What we've got to learn to do is we've got to recognize that even if I go and do, go ahead and do it grudgingly, I've got to make things right. Amen. And, and so I'm just being honest with you because I, otherwise I feel like a hypocrite. Most of the things that God asks me to do, if I'm not really careful, I just do it grudgingly because I know I've got to do it, but I don't want to do it. So that's not the answer. So I got to come back and I've got to say, Lord, okay, you're asking me to do this. You're wanting me to shine in this area. And so if you're wanting me to shine in this area, why do I not want to do that? What what is coming against me? What is what is trying to limit me shining your light in this situation? What what is really behind this? And and usually with me, uh, it's the devil always putting some kind of fear of failure. Fear of saying the wrong thing, fear of doing the wrong thing, uh, fear of looking like a moron. Well, 
you know, fear is not faith. And God's only pleased with faith, right? And, and so I, I got to come back and I got to say, okay, Lord, help, help me give that to you. And that's a care. That's a concern. And you said, cast all of my care upon you. So I, I have to cast that upon you. And I have to come into that place of, uh, of letting the Spirit of God be revealed in my life. Because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So I, I've got to let the Spirit of the Lord be greater than the Spirit of fear. Or the spirit of self, where I can do what God wants done. Amen. So he said, do all things without murmurings, without grumblings, and without disputings. Now, this disputings means internal reasoning. How many times now, let's be honest with each other, and you don't have to raise your hand, but just be honest with yourself. How many times have you been in the spirit? You've been reading the word, you've been praying, and you're in the spirit, and God shows you something, and oh man, it's so good. And then you get out of the spirit and you get back into normal everyday life. And all of a sudden, did God really say that? Did God mean that? No, I don't think that's what God said. And it sure wasn't what he meant. He was just talking about something else. See, because we're not in the spirit now, we're in the flesh. And the, the Bible says the flesh cannot So all of a sudden, I'm in the place where my light is not shining for the Lord in His truth, His will, His work, but my light is shining, come on, in the way of the enemy, the, the way that would limit, the way that would hinder. So I've got to come back and I've got to say, no, wait a minute. He said, do all things without murmurings, without grumblings, and without disputings, without internal reasoning. So in other words, don't depend upon your soul, your mind, willing emotions, every part of that uh, soul that you have not, that I have not renewed by the word of God, it will lead you astray. The only thing you can trust in is the Holy Spirit in your spirit, bringing, lifting up Jesus. Because that's what the Bible says, that the Holy Spirit will only lift up Jesus. And, and so uh, you and I, we can trust in that. But, but what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to tr have our soul renewed where the Holy Spirit talks to our spirit. Our spirit immediately comes into our mind-willing emotions. We know the truth. And then our body comes in alignment and we do what God would have us to do. We shine our light. We, we love on people. We, we, we change situations and circumstances. But if we're not careful, if we let that part of our soul that has not been renewed, if we let it uh, uh, just be free willy, all of a sudden the body will tell it what to do. And when your body's in charge, God's not. And my body is not going to shine any light other than the things that will glorify itself in this world, and itself in this world is going away. So it's so important that you and I, we, we see what's happening in society right now. We see how uh, man is trying to sure itself up in its own little gods, in its own little way of provision. And, it's, and, and they can make all the laws they want to, saying this is right, this is right, this is right. But everything that's contrary to this Bible, I don't care how many laws they make, it doesn't make it right. And you and I need to shine the light. We need to be in that place where this is the driving force in us. Okay. Uh, can we take this aside, Journey, just for a second? You know how how easy how easy it is to to to, to let your soul get you off. Go with me to Luke chapter nine, and, and talking about this internal reasoning. Uh, Jesus is talking to the disciples here and, and, and they're not getting anything he's saying and, and drop down to verse 46 for sake of time Luke 9 and 46 it says then there arose a reasoning that's that internal reasoning that's that disputings that Paul warned the church at Philippi about then there arose a reasoning among them of which should be the greatest. Jesus just told them that he is going to go and go to the cross, give his life. He's going to be beaten. And all these things is going to happen to him. And they're sitting there talking about who's going to be the greatest. Well, that wouldn't happen today, would it? See, we don't have a 
a board on the wall because we want people here, but our confidence is not in numbers. The first thing you get together with another pastor, how many there were Sunday morning? How about did God have his way Sunday morning? Now we want people. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is if we're not careful, we think numbers is success. Jesus is preaching to 12 here and not one of them is understanding the word he's saying because they're in the place of internal disputing, internal reasonings. And look what happens. Verse 47. And Jesus perceiving. Okay, look, what is this? Let's, let's under. This is this is the, the gift of discerning of spirits. Jesus is just like you. He's in the flesh, but yet he's filled with the Holy Ghost. And so the Holy Ghost moves on him and gives him discerning of spirits. And he looks at those disciples and he sees the spirit. Discerning of spirits means you can tell whether it's of God, whether it's of the devil or whether it's of the human spirit. So he discerns, he perceives the thought of their heart, and he took a child and he sent him by him. Verse 48. And he said to them, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me, and whosoever shall receive me uh, receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least among you, the same shall be great. In other words, he tells them, he answers their question. He said, you want to know who's going to be great? You've got to learn how to become small. All right. Now, can you imagine? They've been having this argument, and he brings forth this great truth that's like laying the blocks out. I remember as a kid playing with those blocks. You know, you're building blocks, you know, ABC, all, all that stuff. I can remember playing with that and trying to learn my ABCs. He's laying this forth so simple, and look what happens. Verse 49, John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him because he followed not with us. Is he getting it? No. He's still, his mind is still going uh, wherever his body's leading him. See, because he, I'm greater because I'm walking right with Jesus. I'm not just one of the twelve. I'm with Peter and James. I'm right in here. I'm right, I'm closer to Jesus than anybody else. And so who is this person to think they're doing something in the name of Jesus? The light ain't shining. Look, I, I can just feel the pain of Jesus right here. He says, and Jesus said unto him, forbid him not, for that he is not against us, is for us. In other words, okay, we're just going to have to forget this. We're going to go on down to something else. I'll come back to this when you're ready for it. That's the way Jesus has to do with us. But I'm ready to hear, aren't you? I, I want to hear some truth. I, I, and so let's go back. To, to Philippians chapter 2 and he said do all things without murmurings and without disputings without this internal reasoning so uh, when you and I when we don't understand something let, let, let's just let's just lay it on the shelf lay it on the altar and say Lord I, I, I want to know that I want to understand that but I when when you know I'm ready you bring it back to me because I, I, I want to be in that place where I'm not moving away from your truth from your word I want to I want to shine in that area see what John didn't know, he was going to become the apostle of love. He's the same one that said, hey, uh, Jesus, you want me to call down the Father that we may burn them up? Does that sound like the apostle of love? Because, see, he hadn't got there yet. Come on, you and I, we're, we're getting somewhere. We're, we're becoming more like Jesus. All right. So do all things without murmurings and disputings. Verse 15, that ye may be blameless and harmless Oh, I love that. The sons and daughters, the children of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom ye shine as lights in the world. He, he said that you and I, that we were in a crooked generation. Remember, I just lightly mentioned this last week. This is where you can find our English word for scoliosis. Because this is the Greek word that is where we get scoliosis from. So when they talk about a, a crooked, perverse generation, a nation, uh, a situation, a circumstance, we know exactly what they're talking about. And, and, and so uh, here he said that you and I, we could not only shine a light, but we could do it where it wouldn't harm anybody. That we'd be harmless and Blameless, I, I, blameless and harmless. I, that's what I want, don't you? I want to shine a light that warms people. 
It doesn't cause them to run away, but it causes them to be drawn near. And so he's made a promise. He said that you can be that person. So here's what we do uh, when we're when we're praying, when we're in our uh, in our times where it's just between you and I and the Lord. We say, Lord, right now, let your light shine in me in every area of my life that I might have some blame or I might be casting blame. Let the light shine on that. Let the Word of God come into me because the Word of God is how I'm pruned. The Word of God is how I'm, I'm changed. I'm made more like you. And so I, I don't want to uh, be blaming people. And I want to be like you promised me. Matthew chapter 10, Jesus said that you and I could be harmless as doves. Same Greek word. We could be harmless as the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't hurt people. The Holy Spirit brings truth to them. He brings correction to them, but He does it in a way that causes them to have hope. Amen? So that's what I do. I say, Lord, let me speak truth that brings hope. Because you said I could. In Jesus' name, my words will be received correctly. They'll be received timely. And they'll be received as a seed that you will plant in their heart that will change them. Amen. And, and, and I thank you for that divine favor. And so we, we just we just speak that word over our life. And all of a sudden, that word becomes uh, alive to us because we become alive to it. And it makes us who we really are. See, I'm not what I feel like. You ever feel like a failure, a disappointment, all these things? That's not who we are. We are God's children. He just said so. And, and so we've got to operate in that truth. Okay. Now, hang with me just a minute. He said that in this crooked and perverse nation, excuse me, among whom ye shine as lights. Now, 17 times this Greek word here, shine as lights, is translated appear. And and uh, you, you remember when the angel appeared to Joseph and said, hey, don't be afraid. Go ahead and marry Mary. She hadn't done anything wrong. That's shine. That's the same word. When he come to... Uh, uh, Joseph said, hey, it's time for you and Mary and Jesus to get out of Egypt. He appeared to him and said, go back. Uh, that, that's the same word. So in other words, when you and I are to shine in a crooked generation, we are to appear as we are. Now we started off by saying that we are the body of Christ. So we need to appear, we need to shine as that body. In other words, just just let Christ go through you. Just, just be like that sundial that is reflecting nothing because there's nothing there but the pure light. Amen? Because the sun is coming straight down in you and on you. Be what He would have you to be. Amen? Verse 16. Just a minute and I'll let you go. Holding forth. What are you and I supposed to bring forth? We're supposed to give heed. This word holding forth means to give heed. Give heed to the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. But holding forth the word of life. Give heed to the word of God. Now, to help you understand that, we won't turn there for sake of time. But there's many places we could look at. But you can look in Acts chapter 3. Uh, remember where the lame man is laid at the gate beautiful? And when... when uh, uh, Peter and John walked by. They said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ and Anthers, rise up and walk. And he gave heed to them. Holding forth the word of God. Gave, so how do you and I hold forth the word of God? We give heed to what God says. God said tonight that you're his children. God said that you could be blameless. God said that you could be harmless. God said that you could shine a light into a perverse, crooked, situation and it would be changed amen so let god give heed to what god says about you not what you feel about yourself not what somebody else says about you but what god says honor him give honor where honor is due amen he wants you to be his own he wants you to live like you are somebody amen and and so that's what we want to do now in in in, in closing i want you to go with me to john chapter 3 and let's just look at something. I'm going to let you go, and I want to give you an illustration. Uh, maybe you'll laugh about it and take it home with you. Jesus makes this statement in John 3 about light. Uh, 
Verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him, through Jesus, might be saved. He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now notice this, verse 19. I read that to set the foundation for these last three verses. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. Aren't you glad? Jesus has come into the world, but notice what happens. Men, mankind, love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Verse 21. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God, or they worked by God. And so right now, we're seeing a whole generation who is loving darkness. They're, they're in that, that time that Moses talked about, that there was a pleasure in sin for a season. But we're fixing to see the season change and, and, and they're not going to have any satisfaction in their sin. That pleasures uh, that the devil has gave them, that fake ideology uh, of what's happening is going to be changed. And that's when you and I are going to step up and we're going to have an opportunity, an unction by the Holy Spirit to show them light, to shine light. And it's going to cause them to feel and receive love that will bring them out of every lie and every work of the enemy. Amen. And so you've got to be ready. I've got to be ready and say, Lord, thank you that I'm going to be utilized by you to shine in dark places. And people are going to stop loving their sin. They're going to stop loving this world and they're going to give love to their creator. They're going to give love back to Jesus where they were created to do. Amen. You and I, we're going to be instruments in somebody being able to turn their love away from a lie into the living Lord. If this is not the most exciting time to live, then there never has been. Amen? That's available to us. Now, I'm going to leave you with this. If I can tell it right, Holy Ghost, help me. Uh, uh, let's look at how men love darkness and how, they, how you and I, if we're in the light, that we can know the truth even with darkness working around us. Okay, now this is, this is funny, but it, it, it'll, I hope it'll stick. I want you to go with me back to the, to the, the last days of the Civil War, and uh, there were uh, some soldiers getting on uh, a train. And so these, this, this uh, captain and his private, they were the only two that had survived this battle. And, and so they were, they were going back to their regiment, and they were going to travel by this train. And so uh, as they get on this train, I mean, it, it, it's crowded. And there's only two seats left on this train. And when they sit down, they sit down, and in front of the captain is a grandmother, and in front of the young private is her granddaughter. And, and so... Uh, they're they're making quite conversation and 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 this trip is 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 several hours long, and so the more they talk, the more this young private is eyeing this young granddaughter, and more this young granddaughter is eyeing the private. But there's some chemistry there; they're, they they like one another, and so all of a sudden. Uh, as a train comes around a curve and, and goes down a valley and climbs back up to the side of a mountain, the young private, he sees a tunnel that's going to take him through that mountain. And so he's, he's looking at that tunnel. And about that time, all of a sudden, here comes a train, car by car. You can see it in your mind's eye as it enters into that train from the engine to the, to, to the, the water tank, to, uh, to the wood tank, to the water tank. And, and all of a sudden, it's getting closer. And then the passenger car goes in and the lights go out. All of a sudden, when those lights go out, you hear two things, two things in the darkness. The first thing you hear in the darkness is the loud sound of a of a kiss. The next thing you hear is somebody getting slapped. All of a sudden, the train pulls on through the tunnel. It comes out on the other side. And when it comes out on the other side, you've got the grandmother sitting by the by the daughter. You've got the private and the and the and the captain sitting there. And all four are thinking different things. Because see, all four was in the dark. Only one person knows the truth. Now see, the, the, the grandmother is thinking, I can't believe 
that young private kissed my granddaughter, but I'm glad I raised her right and she slapped him back. The uh, granddaughter is thinking, I can't believe the young private kissed me, but I can't believe that my grandmother slapped him that hard. The captain is over here. He goes, well, I don't much blame my private for kissing her because they've got great chemistry. But I don't know why the grandmother's aim couldn't be better, why she had to slap me. But here's the lie. Here's the truth. The private is sitting there grinning. And he said, I can't believe in the darkness. I got to kiss the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. And I got to slap my captain that I can't stand. (laughs) See, it's all where you're sitting Come on, you and I, we're sitting in the light. The Bible says that you and I, we're clothed with light. Now, we in school, we all learned the colors of the rainbow, right? Roy G. Bill, right? And, and, and what that done, that gave us this spectrum of colors. But what we don't really understand is that there's over a million variants of every one of those colors that makes up each rainbow. See, God needs you to shine because nobody can shine the color, the spectrum that you can. God has anointed you. He has lit you with His Spirit. He's put His Word in you and the way that you're operating in that Word determines your spectrum of light. Don't try to shine like anybody else. Just shine like God's calling you to shine and you'll never fail. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We honor you. We lift our hands to you. We're in awe of your presence. We're in awe of your spirit. Lord, I believe with all of my heart that we're on the edge of stepping into new things. We're stepping into a a deeper level of anointing, a deeper level of operating in truth. I believe that you, as you have put us on the potter's wheel, that you've shaped us and and, uh, made us a vessel unto honor for this dispensation, for this moment of time to do your will. I believe that you're, uh, as you have uh, allowed us to be tried and tested, and we went through different things of the fire, that you have found us in a place and a position that you can use us like never before. And we're so grateful and thankful. But I ask you right now, Father, that you touch each one of us. Help us to be in that place where we accept your word as the final say, and that we believe and understand that we can shine to every crooked situation. That as long as we're looking to you and not looking to the problem, that that light is going to shine innocent through us and it's going to change people's lives. Lord, let that be first and foremost. But shine in us first. Because your light, as it comes in us, it reproves us, it changes us. If there's any area that's holding back your light, that is limiting you, that is focusing on someone other than you, Lord, and your will and your way, reveal it to us tonight and help us to make it right in you. Or we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Would you come and make yourself an altar and say, Lord, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for what you're doing and going to do in my life. And and I'm ready to, to, to shine like never before. I'm going to shine white light. I'm going to shine red light. I'm. Uh, think about it. You know, if you grow uh, vegetables on the inside, Don and I tried this before. You know, you need red and blue light. Red and blue light will grow vegetables like it's, it's unreal. If you just then uh, just use an incandescent or regular light, you won't get much result. But if you use the right light, you'll get the right growth. Well, Jesus has got the right light for you and I to grow. Amen. Hallelujah. Who needs prayer tonight? Anybody?